You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to episode 151 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Cody Abrams, Melbourne, and our good buddy Cam Murray as well. And as you can see, we're all in person for this one. The holidays are coming up, boys. This is awesome because we haven't done this in so long. This is part one of our World Juniors preview episode, Players to Watch in each group, Group A and Group B. First of all, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Happy to be back in town. It always means that I'm about to play a ton of pond hockey and see friends and family, and there's just a lot to love about this time of year. I'm wearing this sweater because I thought this was a Christmas episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one. You're you both told me. white shirts. So. <laughs> I, awkward. I mean, if we plan for it, I brought a Christmas sweater down just because on Friday, what that's what we're doing with some of our buddies were throwing Christmas sweaters on and having a little shindig. So I brought one. I could have thrown it on. It's a nice Leafs one. It would have fit the theme of the podcast, but I guess I won't be doing that now since we've already started, but it is what it is. I'm happy to be home. The only thing is I can't really control the conditions of recording. This is a bit of a different setup. We've only got one mic going, so I wanted to let everybody listening and watching know that this is kind of the best we could do in, in this scenario with our USB mics. Plus, can't control the conditions in the sense that we've got something loud going on in the background. <laughs> so hopefully it's not, uh, you know, tarnishing your, your listening experience. I wanted to get that out of the way. Cameron is our special guest on this episode because he beat me in fantasy last yeah. week. The first guy to do so. Um, so we're going to get into that. But before I do, Cameron, uh, how's it going? Maybe introduce yourself to the pod so, quickly. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Everyone should know who I am, but those who don't, Chad's brother-in-law, Cameron, and uh, yeah, coming off a big, big win last week, beating the champ, so feeling pretty good. Absolutely. He's become the man of the people, not the hero we need, but maybe the hero we deserve, yeah. <laughs> because finally someone has dethroned Chad, the... 9-0 and Chad Melbourne has been taken down. The tyranny is coming to an end. We're starting to see a bit of hope, a bright light at the end of the tunnel that might be someone de- decommissioning him. It's over. Yeah, exactly. Not only did you beat your brother-in-law, you beat our corrupt commissioner hey, of hey, the uh, Yahoo Boys hey. in the Booth Fantasy Hockey League. There's been a lot of talk, and I might be <laughs> spoiling something to Chad here, but there's been a lot of talk about a coup. Maybe some taking him down and, and maybe overthrowing him, maybe taking him out of the fantasy league all in all. Listen, I want to say this about the fantasy league, okay? Harper, are you listening up here? I want to say this. Yes, I'm listening. I have been pretty fair recently, and I've done things that have been in the best interest of, of the fantasy league, like helping out John the other day. So I've been a benevolent commissioner as of late and I will say some teams are still being able to thrive under my rule um, like the 10 and 0 team that's at that number one right now my buddy Jacob so I mean listen don't hate the commissioner hate the game is what I want to say I feel like I've been pretty fair recently I wanted to get that out there well 
All right. Anyway, <laughs> you want to get into more specifics about your matchup against your uh, against your brother in yeah. and who performed for you last week and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, my boy showed up last week. I mean, Keandre Miller had 25 and a half points for me. <laughs> That's not showing so, up. That is way above that. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. I was projected to lose last week, but everybody showed up, so... Yeah, Excellent. Charlie Lindgren was a unreal pickup for me with Darcy. Oh my god, dude, he was fantastic. So, yeah, you had a lot of guys who had some good points there. It, so at the start of the week, me versus you, it was projected to finish two twelve to one ninety five for me, um, and that's with all of our games played. And then you had Brock Nelson, nineteen points, twelfth round. Yeah, twelfth round steal. Uh, Artemi Panarin. 25 points. Brady Kachuk, 26 points. Jimmy VC, 19 points. Two of them against the Leafs, two yeah. of the goals that he scored. Then you had Brady Shea, who had 21 points. Tyler Toffoli with 14. Condre Miller with 25, like you mentioned. Charlie Lindgren with 19. Tristan Jari with 18. Everybody showed up. They and then showed up. on my team, I had a whole lot of nothing all week long. And I don't understand what happened. <laughs> and it upset me. But you finally, you know, someone did it. Someone had to do it. And I'm glad it was me. I am too. Oh, we're yeah. glad too. Yeah. No, it's awesome. A lot, of, a lot of depth there, yeah. Cam. That was that was good, yeah, man. That was a good week. Um, for me, not a very eventful week. Lost by like 30 to Jem, Poppy's milk there. But I will say Zach Hyman, 32 points. He was huge and uh, against our, our buddy Taylor Prosser this week. So I'm up on him right now. We'll see how it goes. Big thing for me is having Jeff Skinner back. He got suspended for three games. Yes. I don't know... What got into him? I think like a psycho switch went off and cross checks Jake Gensel in the face and gets a three game ban. And so dirty. So anyway, glad he's back now. Only way I can describe that is vicious. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Anyway, case let's. let's I got dumped you. on last week. <laughs> Chunk, who was talking a lot of game heading into this week, saying yeah. he was going to pass Remy after his questionable trades from last week. Uh, he said he was going to pass him this week. He was going to win his week. Well, it was against me, and he put up a good game. Two. 101 points. Kaprizov went off for him. No surprise there. Um, Marsh is so one of his best weeks. Jonathan Taves back to prime Taves. What was going on there? No clue. And Officer Bob 24.4 points. Are you kidding me? My team absolutely shit the bed. No one showed up. I talked about you uh, to you guys before. Patrick Laine, how inconsistent he's been. He got 0.5 yeah. points. Point two five points for me so i bench him over you know riley smith and a couple others it's always a tough pick for me in wingers because i got strong wingers and then lining gets a goal and assist i'm like of course like that's just what he does <laughs> so yeah i lost that week and uh looking to bounce back this week against uh against jeff he's got a good team i gotta hope that you know mcdavid can only be limited to six goals and seven assists this week instead of McDavid. the 14 and 12. <laughs> oh, you have McDavid. I, no, I got McDavid. Oh, McDavid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, that's, a, that's my fear, man. I, I'm projected to win, but I uh, I feel like I'm going to get McDavid, as you yeah. say, because he's scary. Yeah. Cam, I, uh, I know you got to get going, but before yeah. that, um, just a quick thought of on the uh, on the Ottawa Senators who have kind of turned things around. They had their four-game uh, win streak ended uh, over the weekend there against Minnesota. 
But uh, your thoughts on the Senators and how they've turned it around? I think a big part of it is better goaltending. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought they were, you know, there's a lot of hype leading up to them at the start of the year, and they kind of came out slow, but they're starting to turn it around, and hopefully some put, put more wins together. And Yeah. You know. No, definitely. Yeah, there maybe some playoffs. There were some people trying to put them ahead of the Detroit Red Wings uh, at the beginning of the season. If anyone Ooh. recalls that, because yeah, I mean, I had Detroit in a playoff spot, which they are right now, and uh, no, apparently the Suns were better. I mean, so someone had the Bruins over both. So I don't. Did we all have the Bruins over both? Harp? I I don't think so. No. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, again, it was Pittsburgh last year for me. I was too hard on them. Nope. And then Boston this year, and man, does that ever look bad? Our good buddy Mark Brayer in Brockville. He's a big Bruins fan, and he's just messaging me like every week. Like, oh no, I'm gonna take on the Bruins. Like, Jeez. Yeah, anyway. The Sens, though, DeBrincat, he is finally showing Sens fans what he can do. Yeah. Like, yes. There's that eight, eight, goal, eight Sens goals in a row that he had a factor on, eight points, eight goals. Uh, he's on fire. My dad cannot stop talking about how much he loves Claude Giroux. He is cloud nine whenever yes. he's on the ice. And Tyler Mott, that's his other new favorite player. He's playing yeah. the game. His work yeah. ethic and, and just the way he plays a game, that's like, uh, you know, the the favorite style of a 60-year-old man. So um, <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, the Sens are kind of looking like what they were supposed to. Yeah. And it's exciting. It's got to be. Absolutely. Another team like that, by the way, I wanted to mention, you kind of brought them up, is Pittsburgh, who started off really slowly to start the year, but they've been on a tear their last, like, 15 games. Yes, and I hate to say it, but the New York Rangers are going right now as well after uh, after a rocky start. So. <laughs> Do you remember the stats I sent you about the Rangers a couple days ago? It's Yeah, like, the, the Rangers analytically have been much worse in the last few weeks. Than <laughs> much worse. But they're winning more games. <laughs> right, so that's the yeah. most Rangers hockey you can be. Yeah, exactly. Their first, like, 20 games or whatever were such terrible. Like, their analytics were bad. Yeah. Or, 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 but better, you know, they were actually pretty good compared to, you know, a lot of other teams. But bad considering, you know, their out their outcome. Like, their outcome was pretty bad is what I'm trying to get out. And their right. analytics were better than that. And I think they were 11-10 and something through like 20, 20 some odd games and you know they they looked okay but they weren't getting the wins and now they've won i think five straight and their analytics are just terrible so They're something it's up and down out out shot attempt out shot chance out goals against or goal, uh, <laughs> goals expected it's just like everything points towards them losing and now they start winning it's like they're just such a dumb team yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a weird team and and going back to you cam with your fantasy squad like man big part of the capitals turnaround is charlie lynn yeah like you mentioned there so but darcy kemper's been reactivated yeah which so. again is just proof of what we've talked about that vo- goaltenders are voodoo because they traded both their goalies. They had Kemper who was doing <laughs> well for them, and then he's gone. So Charlie Lindgren is now the reason they're winning games. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's and, and, all out of and whack. Another goaltender that used to be theirs is Phoenix Copley, who's the starter in LA all yeah. of a sudden, and Peterson, who signed a huge contract, is in the AHL. 
goaltending is such voodoo, yeah. man. Like, don't sign any goalie for more than two years and keep it out of Stuart Skinner. I was going to say, unless it's Stuart Skinner. Great contract. That was great. Three call, great call by me, too, again. What'd you say? Well, just at the start of the year that he would rise to that oh, level yeah. of a... Or no, did I say that? I said that about Logan Thompson. I apologize. Yeah. I think but the, the thing he's with, kind of underneath j- just by a little bit. The thing with Skinner, though, is that I think it's less about how well he's played and more about how poorly Jack Campbell has played. Well, Skinner has yeah. played well. Yeah, no, yes, Sabres yes. in a losing record that... Alberta is killing me right now. <laughs> I have Bartram yeah. and Skinner, and it's absolutely killing me because Skinner is playing well but losing, and Markstrom is playing poor and losing. So it's like, yeah, I can't get any points from goaltending right now, and yeah, it's killing exactly. me. But but yeah, Jack Campbell. I feel bad because there's no one in this league who I'm rooting against more than Jack Campbell so far this season because <laughs> I have Stuart Skinner. Oh, I see. Because you have Skinner. Yeah, no, I, I'm like. Every time Jack Campbell puts up an 860 game, I'm like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got him for another four and a half seasons <laughs> at five million bucks. So. Yeah. And then Skinner, nice three-year extension, 2.6 million AAV. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's, to me, that was the perfect deal because... That's a goalie contract. That's yeah. Give... Give goalies who haven't proved themselves that contract. Yeah. Exactly. Well, because you can, you can still... Unless you're Carter Hutton in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> you can still bury most of that, though, if you have to. If you have to send them down and no one claims them, you can still bury, I think it's like one point something yeah. Yeah. in the AHL. Exactly. So that's it's not terrible to have that against the cap for his deal. But um, yeah. while we're still kind of technically in fantasy corner, I think we went off the rails a little bit. But while we're still in fantasy corner, I wanted to mention that this week... You know, it's Tuesday already, so uh, I want to talk about the rest of the week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Mm -hmm. those are the only three days with games for anybody listening. There's no games on the weekend because of Christmas and Boxing Day. Yeah. So when you're looking at players to pick up, Wednesday and Thursday, Minnesota is the only team that plays back-to-back. You're probably not going to have space on your roster for Friday because your team is going to be... Uh, you know, you're, all your players are probably going to be playing, except maybe a goalie. You might be able to snag a goalie. But if you're looking to get, uh, you know, value adds, try to find one who try to find a guy who plays for Minnesota and get that back to back because those are the only games you're going to be able to get for the rest of the week. If you can get a guy, get Frederick Goudreau, who yeah, that's is center, left wing, right wing, and plays decent minutes in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. no, he's a good player for them too. Mason Shaw I has been, has been a decent that. player for them as well, and so I wouldn't mind picking him up or a Connor Dewar as he's well. He's available right now. Yeah. I've been looking at him. Connor Dewar? No, Mason okay. Shaw. Because I had him last week, and I think yeah. he put up negative points for me. <laughs> and I did, I did pick up Kalen Addison okay. a few weeks back, and he's been good for Minnesota as well. And they're another team that's figured it out, for yeah. sure. But in terms of the schedule this week, that's a team that it makes sense to grab a guy from because you get two games. Perfect. And, uh, you know, if if the your opponent isn't listening to this episode or they don't know, they're going to be at a loss, and you might win your week because of it. So there you go. Perfect. Yeah. Well, boys, uh, are we ready to... Get into our Group A players to watch here? Yes, let's go ahead. I, I do um, have a bit of an, an announcement. Oh, yes, we do. So I'm wondering if I should do that now or if I should do it in an ad read. Um, how about let's do it in a quick ad read because I'll insert that okay. after. 
and uh, we can get going with the rest of the episode. All right, sounds uh, good. Right now, sounds good. What's going on, guys? We're super excited to announce that we have a new partnership with the betting company BetStamp. Um, so normally, what we're going to be doing going forward. We're going to have a betting corner on the show uh, this week because we just recorded two episodes in a row for our players to watch of the World Juniors this year, Groups A and Groups B. Uh, that was an absolute marathon. We didn't get a chance to get uh, this quick ad read in and to get our picks in for the betting corner. So I'm just doing this right now quickly just so that you know, uh, the listener, that we have a new partnership with BetStamp. So what is BetStamp and uh, how does it work? Well, if you've ever heard of line shopping, BetStamp is going to help you out tremendously with that. So betting lines have different odds at each sports book. And by using the BetStamp app, you can line shop across all sports books to ensure that you're finding the best value available for your wager. So for example, uh, tomorrow night, December uh, 21st, we've got some games on. And I'm looking here at Tampa Bay and Detroit. Tampa Bay just had a tough loss against Toronto. Um, and they're playing a back-to-back against Detroit. Obviously, Tampa you know, had a, had a pretty tough game. It was a 4-1 game against Toronto. And it's a back-to-back. Despite them being the favorites, I think there's some value in picking Detroit here. I think you know, a rested team uh, playing against a tired Tampa Bay team who frankly, probably isn't going to get up for that Detroit game. So that's my pick for this week. Ride if you'd like. Um, You know, there's some pretty good odds here. I'm looking at it right now. The best odds that you can get right now are at plus 150. But looking at some other apps, the worst odds that you can get right now are plus 124. So that's the point of using BetStamp is to make sure that you get the best odds uh, for your wager because you're going to bet anyway. So you might as well Use BetStamp and get the absolute best odds with the sports book of your choosing. So Botano right now has it at 150. Um, so does BetSafe. And then uh, CoolBet is uh, the worst odds currently at plus 124 for Detroit to win. So if you're looking for some value, maybe add that game in with Detroit winning on the money line into your you know two, three team parlay and uh, make a bit of money. So essentially, that's the betting corner. That's what we're going to do every week from here on out. How we're going to structure episodes going forward is uh, do our intro, get right into the betting corner. One guy is going to make a pick of the week, and uh, the other two guys are going to say if they're going to ride with that or not. Um, Then we'll get into the regular uh, content of the episode. And then finally, at the end, we will do fantasy corner. Uh, that's not going away. That's not going anywhere. We're just going to do it at the end now. So, uh, yeah, super excited to be partnered with BetStamp. Um, and please download it using our code boys in the booth. It'll really help us out and you'll be able to save some money by line shopping. So thanks guys. And, uh, here's back to the show. All right, fellas, let's get into uh, players to watch. In Group A of the 2023 World Juniors in uh, Halifax and Moncton, of course, starts Boxing Day. So, of course, we're going to start with Canada. And, uh, Case, let's go to you first, brother. I think this is an easy pick for me. Um, By far, the standout player that I loved to watch last year, he was the motor of the team. He was a top three player on the team last year, I believe. Um, Let me just name off a few accolades he got in his last season 
Start with CHL Player of the Year. Best face-off percentage at the World Juniors. World Juniors gold medal. World Juniors top three player on a team. WHL first all-star. WHL most sportsmanlike player. WHL player of the year. WHL most goals and WHL most points. <laughs> That's the stank oven himself. Logan Stankoven. I absolutely nice. loved watching him play last year. Like I said, he was the motor. I think he's going to be a standout player again this year. He's got another kick at the can to be a top three player. I think he could be the MVP of this tournament if he really sets his mind to it. There's a few Canadians. Like I don't know if either of you guys are going to talk about Shane Wright. Like He, he has a bone to pick with the world right now, mm-hmm. so I expected yeah. him to have a huge season. Connor Bedard is another standout Canadian that, of course, is in the conversation to be one of the best players in this tournament. But Stankoven, like, I love the way he plays. They used him in every single play or like you know power play penalty kill five on five all the tough moments the last minutes of the game he's just so important to this team and he's so fun to watch absolutely another great pick of the Dallas Stars yeah that team is stacked in the uh, prospect pool and then having a great season this year where did like man they're They're weird well they're They're a weird team because finally their old guard is being replaced but on the fly by their new guard and and you said it right there that's exactly what Jeff Merrick said he said that Dallas and Jim Nell and company, what they did was, I think, what a lot of teams are jealous of. They kind of did a rebuild on the fly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so. think about, I mean, think about the 2018 draft, right? Where you got Heiskanen. 17. Se- sorry, yeah. 17, where you got Heiskanen, your number one D-man. You got Jason Robertson, your number one forward, maybe a MVP candidate one of these years yeah and you got jake ottinger your, a few, fran- your franchise goal a future vesna trophy winner yeah. all in the same draft so that year alone basically rebuilt that team but we're talking about logan Stankoven here yeah the stank oven himself as you said <laughs> dude 10 points in seven games last year for this team or in the uh in the summer tournament rather yeah. and then this year in the whl 44 points in 21 games? Are you kidding me? points per game. Are you kidding me? Yeah. On on route to be another CHL player of the year. That's ridiculous. And and like we mentioned, a second round draft pick of the Dallas Stars in 2021. Yeah, this guy's going to be a standout player at the tournament, no question. Now, there are going to be a handful because obviously being Canadian, that's who we pay attention to the most. But this is a stacked team this year, guys. So even though I don't think we're going to talk at length about... You know, players like Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, um, you know, guys like that. This team is very stacked and also very deep as well. And so many returning players from their gold medal yeah. team. Like that, that's a sign of things to come right there. Absolutely. It, it's crazy. So Stangoven is a, is a really good pick. That's going to be a player I'm going to be glued on this entire tournament. And by the way, I, we, I should say that. That this episode, we do this every year, players to watch at the World Junior Championship. We do it group by group, team by team, and it's not necessarily the best players on the team, though Stan Govan is going to be one of the best players. It's players who have either an interesting story, are going to be draft eligible, have already been drafted, and maybe they've become a steal of the draft. So there's a lot of different angles we can approach this at. It's not just the best players on the team. So I wanted to mention that. 
as we get into this episode. But yeah, Stankoven, great pick. And, and that's, that's our whole goal, right? It's not to take the low-hanging fruit and, okay, let's talk about Wright, Fantilli, Bedard. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. It's to get... <laughs> it's, it's to get some of our you're gonna you know, hate who I'm taking <laughs> it's, it's to get you know hopefully get our listeners familiar with guys that they didn't think about or don't really know right so exactly Chad let's let's go to you with your guy okay. to watch on well, Canada you might think this is low hanging fruit as you just mentioned but I want to talk about Adam Fantilli because I feel like everyone you know, who has, who has looked into this 2023 draft at all, knows of two players right away. Two players right away. It's Connor Bedard and Matt Vemichkov. Everyone knows Bedard is going to go number one, so he's been on everybody's radar since he was, you know, 14 years old. Matt Vemichkov, but of a different story, Russian-born player, is committed to play in the KHL until 2026, but is probably the second best talent in the entire draft, according to a lot of reports. Um, and that's arguable. But the fact that he's committed to play in Russia until 2026 is scaring a lot of teams off for that reason. So I feel like people know of those two players. Adam Fantilli, you know, like we know this player, but I feel like he gets kind of lost in the shuffle. He gets lost in this whole coverage of the draft, at least leading up to it over the last year or so. So I wanted to pick him as a player to watch. Right now he has 26 points in 16 games for Michigan in the NCAA. He's third in league scoring. He's 18. Um, And like I mentioned, he's projected to go in uh, the first round of this upcoming draft. And he's projected almost by every single draft to go number two. Yeah. Now that's not only because he's, you know, obviously it's a factor that Michkov is playing in in Russia until 2026. But he's also been steadily climbing up the ranks over the last year because he's just that good of a player. I mentioned the offensive production. Like, that's something that jumps off the page to you. And, uh, you know, according to all of the rankings that are on Elite Prospects right now, you know, the Consolidated Rankings, Elite Prospects Rankings, the Hockey News, Bob McKenzie, McKean's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's number two or three. So this is gonna be a special player. And I'm excited to see how he kind of, you know, creates his own narrative at this tournament because I feel like in this draft, he's been in the shadow of those two players that I mentioned. So Adam Fantilli, it's a guy I'm going to be watching closely. I think there's many drafts in the last 10 years that Fantilli goes first overall in. Mm -hmm. And he's, you know, fallen circumstance to Connor Bedard being a potential generational talent. Yeah. Mitchkov, yeah, that's... You know, no one wants to get involved with that contract at second overall. I mean, you might, but it's going to be a long time until you see him. A lot of these guys at second overall are hoping that a player is going to jump right into their lineup. And the opportunities here with Fantilli, he's he's producing at that level of, you know, borderline ready to be in the NHL and being an NCAA prospect. You can sign him right away, and he's on your team. You don't have to worry about sending him to the CHL if you got to drop him to the AHL. He's there's a lot of flexibility there. There's also the opportunity for him to stick around in the NCAA, which a lot of players do, just like Luke Hughes and so many players in the NCAA and in this tournament. But there's a lot of flexibility there, so I wouldn't be shocked if he goes second overall. I really hope he does. And yeah, this is going to be a special player, another player that. 
you don't often think of the undrafted players on Canada because it's always a team full of first round picks. But yeah. This guy is going to be someone to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And this is year one for him at Michigan, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. which is even like it's just that much more impressive just with his numbers and everything and that being a stacked team with, you know, Luke Hughes and Eric Portillo (laughs) and Brandon Brisson and, you know, the list goes on. But he's just absolutely been ripping it up. and, And I have no doubt that. That uh, that he does go, you know, two or three in the upcoming draft, and uh, you know, a team like Columbus or Philly or whoever gets their next franchise center. Yeah, and if if the production at Michigan wasn't enough, as a 17-year-old in the USHL, he had 74 points in 54 games um, playing for the Chicago Steel. So that's just another incredible stat from a kid so young, so talented. He's going to be a player to watch for sure. Yeah, and it'll depend absolutely. how many minutes he gets because that's another theme throughout this episode that we kind of have to touch on is like, you know, it all depends on opportunity for a lot of these players, especially on the better teams like Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland. Like, how much is this player actually going to play? Fantilli, I don't know where he's been slotted in. I I would imagine they start him in the top six and go from there because he is uber talented. Give mm-hmm. him every opportunity to shine. But it wouldn't surprise me if. You know, when push comes to shove and they're playing in the gold medal game, maybe the coach relies on some players who, you know, they have some more familiarity with. Yeah, at the end of the day, Case, you've said this so many times, it's a 19-year-old's tournament, yeah. right? And so that that's really what it comes down to. Anyway, my guy for Canada to, to watch, maybe a bit of an off-the-board pick. It's a blue liner. And uh, I'm going with Kevin Korchinski. First rounder, the Chicago Blackhawks, seventh overall. Of course, they got that pick in the DeBrinket deal from Ottawa over a point per game with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the uh, in the WHL. And um, he may very well be Canada's best defenseman wow. on, on this team. I you know, mean, there's, there's some good names there. For though. sure. <laughs> Zellweger, Lambos, the, the list goes on. But, um, man, th- this this guy's good. And uh, Chicago took a big swing making that deal. And, and uh, they said they got their guy. And he's been, uh, like I said, he's been over a point per game in the W and, and looks like a really good offensive defenseman who skates really well up the ice and moves the puck really well and uh, I'll be keeping my eye on uh, on the Chicago first rounder from this past draft for sure that's an interesting pick I didn't expect that one there's a lot of storylines on this Canadian blue line that I'm excited about you know it seems to be that they're shifting towards these players who that they can really rely on defensively because there's so many weapons up front yeah, like you don't need to get the points from your offense or from your defense rather, and that's why you see a guy like Del Mastro get so much playing time last year, or Caden Gooley the year before. He's you know he can show some offense for sure, but it's not really the name of his game. And um, that's an interesting point that, or interesting pick rather. Like I'm excited to see another defenseman on the on the point for Canada that I can watch. Um, a Brant Clark is another one that I'm interested in watching him because he's been spited twice by, the, by this team and left out twice. Yeah, exactly. He was invited to camp last time around, yeah. and he's been playing in the NHL. Yeah, made the LA Kings out of camp. So that is such shocking. a weird dynamic there. Like, that I could know. have been a player to watch, too, because, like you mentioned, Casey, he's been snubbed multiple times. Like, I remember we did 
a standalone episode one time where Hendrix Lapierre and Brant Clark were both snubbed by the team and then they were both playing in the NHL since yeah. then. So it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that, you know, Clark now is only finally getting his opportunity after being kicking around as one of the best defensive prospects in Canada for, you know, the last couple of years. But that could have been a player to watch for sure. I'm just looking at the back end and the, the cool thing about it is, and like I like how you pick Kurczynski because he's a recent draft pick. Um, you know, Chicago needs something to cheer for in this year's World Juniors because in the NHL, they don't have much to cheer for on or off the ice. So yeah. um, the interesting part to add to Korchinski, they also have Del Mastro, as you mentioned, Case, and Nolan Allen. So when I was looking at some of the deep pairs, that's yeah. right. So when I was looking at some of the D pairs going into the tournament or some of the rush lines, um, they have a Chicago Blackhawks prospect on each line. So I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, like Chicago's going to be able to watch this tournament and watch Team Canada and actually have something to be excited for, for yeah. once, you know? So. And, and clearly, like for the Blackhawks, like they need that one guy on the blue line to, you know, for the future, because it's not Seth Jones. Like, they need one yeah. of these guys, whether it's Korchinski or Allen or Del Mastro, to really carry the load for the future. But just with, you know, how talented Korchinski is, how high he was drafted, that uh, he could certainly be that that uh, defenseman of the future for them, for sure. Well, man, you, you say that the line rushes has them all split up, but imagine a pairing of Del Mastro with Korchinski. You got offense, defense right there, and Chicago prospects. Yeah. That could be fun to watch. And then Korchinski, get him on the power play. You just feed Connor Bedard in that, that, sh- that trigger man spot, and you're going to get a lot of points in this tournament. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right, uh, let's move on to Team Sweden, fellas, and uh, each of your players to watch uh, for the Swedes, Case. This podcast is sponsored by Liquid IV. Winter is back, and whether you're playing pond hockey or nursing an eggnog hangover this holiday season, Liquid IV has you covered. Just one stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's made with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks, premium ingredients, non-GMO, and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. There are plenty of awesome flavors too, but my personal favorite is lemon lime. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth. That's 20% off anything when you order using the promo code boys underscore in underscore the underscore booth at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today with Liquid IV. This podcast is sponsored by the ticket app SeatGeek. SeatGeek takes all the confusion out of buying tickets, making it quick and easy to get the best deals on tickets to your favorite sporting events. Plus, Boys in the Booth listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase on SeatGeek with the promo code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. So click the link in the description down below to download the app and remember to get your discounted tickets using the code BOYSINTHEBOOTH in all caps. Get great seats for a fraction of the cost with SeatGeek. Starting with me. All right, I got... Okay. I don't want to beat a dead horse with a broken record here, (laughs) but I'm going to talk about Fabian Lysel because he's been my favorite player to talk about the last, you know, two seasons here. I talked about him three seasons ago with Fieldick, but I've, I've watched this guy 
and a lot of different hockey. I've watched them in preseason games. I've seen him in the AHL now. I've seen him in the World Juniors. And he is driving whatever line he is on every time he's on the ice. Like, he is exciting to watch. He will be the quarterback of this power play. Um, They'll have him in the D spot, right at the top of the blue line. And probably a top three passer in this tournament and he's going to be exciting to watch for me i i love this player and and you know boston's lucky to have him Mm -hmm. yeah they sure are the thing about lysel is that he's sort of a triple threat he's one of those players that can do it all you know he can shoot he can pass but he's also so effective on the rush and on gaining the zone breaking out through the neutral zone. He's one of those players who controls the puck really well, and we saw that in the most recent tournament, which I don't think we've mentioned yet, but we're, we're having two tournaments in the span of six months. Yeah. Isn't this cool, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, Last tournament was in August. That's hard to believe. Yeah, so we saw a lot out of Lysel in the, in the last tournament, but he's just such a dynamic weapon up front for this team, and yeah, Boston is lucky to have him. I remember when the draft was happening and we were talking about this player as maybe a top 10 talent in the draft and he slipped out of the top 10 boston grabbed him up you know nom 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 give me some great players and uh (laughs) that's what they did they snagged him he's gonna be great and he's gonna be one of the best players on this swedish team so definitely looking forward to watching him a scary looking swedish team yeah yes very and going back to you know the projected (coughs) top picks in the upcoming draft sweden's got one of those as well they do. Is that, are you sending this to me? Do you know who I was going to pick on, on Team Sweden? <laughs> I, I hope I did. I mean, maybe you did. I don't know. Because the player that I want to talk about is 2005-born defenseman who is eligible for this year's draft and might be the highest-ranked defenseman in the draft, depending on which um, rankings you're looking at. And that's Axel Sandin Pelika. I thought you were going to talk about Leo Carlson. I could have. I could have. But I wanted to talk about a defenseman on this team. Axel, Sandin, Pelika, Pelika, however you want to pronounce it. I'm sure someone will correct me in the YouTube comments. But uh, like I mentioned, he's eligible for the this draft this year. And he might be the highest ranked defenseman depending on uh, who you're talking to. I think he's either ranked one or three um, between one and three in terms of the highest ranked defenseman in the tournament and in the uh, upcoming draft. And it feels like he's been climbing the rankings all year. He's one of those players who has continued to impress at the level he's playing at. Currently, uh, through 14 games in the SHL, he just has five points as a defenseman. But the fact that he's playing those games as a 2005-born player is impressive in and of itself. He had 26 points through 20 games in the J20 previous to that. And like I said, guys, like this is a player who continues to rise up the charts in the upcoming draft rankings. And it seems like a lot of analytics accounts that I follow on Instagram are really high on the player. So there's something there's something about this player that is attracting some positive um you know, attention. And I want to know what that is. So he's going to be a player that I'm really looking forward to watching at this tournament on team Sweden. It'll just depend on how many minutes he gets on the back end. Yeah. This is going to be my first taste of him really in this tournament. I've heard like comparisons of like an Adam Boakvist, um, Mm -hmm. so far, mostly probably because of his size Mm -hmm. and being a defenseman playing in the SHL at a young age. So yeah, uh, obviously 
you know that spikes my interest and i'm definitely gonna be watching them but yeah i don't i don't know a ton about them so i don't either but good call because i think a lot of the focus when thinking about this group talking about this group is on the forward group right right and so um that's that's a that's a really good pick and uh yeah the the boquist comparison is a great one um so that means that he can certainly skate and move the puck up ice and create offense and so yeah no that's that's a good one for sure um all right i've got i've got another kind of off the board pick for a player to watch for team sweden and this is another franchise that is heading into a rebuild they haven't had a very good season um rookie gm and that's uh, Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks. So I'm going to talk about Philip Bystead. Okay. 27th overall pick in this past draft. 6'3", 187. He's a big center. And at the time that he was drafted, literally the analysts on TV were like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, this is kind of an off-the-board pick. They picked him early. Uh, he's got 11 points in 26 games uh, in the uh, in the SHL. So not great production but um from everything i've seen by the looks of it just a very defensively responsible center and the sharks need more prospects to to grow and flourish and so um bystead is going to be a guy for me but i gotta tell you boys it was hard not to go with rosen or oslin the two yeah. buffalo picks for sweden because i'm pretty sure i talked about rosen last year yeah. as a player to watch for sweden so i thought i'd go off the board a little bit and uh talk about the big man in the middle philip bystead so we'll see how he does yeah i, I didn't pick either of those guys that you mentioned because i left them up to you for same for <laughs> <laughs> um yeah another another interesting pick another you know slightly off the board one but we saw how much sweden relied on uh soderblom last year that's the big muck on detroit right? yeah, yeah yeah well they relied on him a lot they had him in front of the net front presence he scored that beautiful between the leg goals la goal last year so that's a uh, another uh, you know Philip Bystad could be the guy to fill in there. Surprisingly, not the biggest player on Sweden on forward. There's a 6'6", 216-pounder named Milton Oscarsson. But Philip wow. Bystad, big boy himself. Like This is probably the biggest team in the league, in the tournament, rather. You know, As I look at it, there's a 6'4", 6'3", 6'6", 6'2", 6'3". Yeah. Big team. Yeah, true. Definitely a good pick, Harp. Um, not who I was expecting you to pick, given the two Sabres uh, yeah. prospects on the team. But yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be a, definitely a guy to watch, again, depending on ice time. And if you're a Sharks fan, you're hoping you see a glimpse of something special. Because again, you know, if you're a fan of the Sharks, like we have some friends who are, uh, I'm thinking of Zach Shankar, Makaya Calder. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're hoping for some excitement this year because aside from, you know, a couple guys like Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle putting the puck in the net this year, you don't really have much to be excited for this season except for tanking, really, like mm -hmm. except for getting a good pick in this upcoming draft. And waiting for Ackland and Bordelo to, yeah. to, to come. Exactly. Sure. But this season in the NHL has not been overly exciting, so you no. hope that a guy like Bystek gets a lot of minutes and is able to do something at the tournament. So good pick. Yeah, absolutely. And interesting uh, enough, um, San Jose actually traded down and drafted him 
in that first round. They made that deal with Arizona so that the Coyotes could move up and take Connor, uh, Connor Geeky. So, uh, right. interesting little tidbit there. But uh, anyway, let's move on to Chechia. And uh, Case, your player to watch uh, for uh, for Czech. All right. Um, I've got a player that, again, I'm not going to say that this is going to be the best player on the team, but definitely a player to watch. He's a young player, and that's why I don't expect him to get a ton of playing time at first. Maybe he can steal the role like we've seen um, you know, Dvorsky did with Slovakia last year. Yep. Um, you know, a young guy wearing the cage out there, but playing <laughs> in 20 minutes a game. And will be another high pick in this upcoming oh, draft. Sure. I mean, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> jumping ahead. I may or may not have selected a player. I'm talking much. about Edward Sale in, yes. uh, for Czechia. He is the consolidated rank eight coming up to this draft. Um, really, really exciting player to watch. 17-year-old playing in the top Czech league. He's uh, played 36 games there. Stats I really want to talk about with this guy were his 16-year-old stats playing in the U20 Czech League where he had 42 goals and 47 assists in 39 games. This guy was absolutely blowing up that league. And yeah, I wanted to compare him against another current Czech superstar in David Pasternak. What was he doing at that same time in his career? He was playing in the Swedish U20 league with 12 goals, 29 points in 36 games. He had two points in five games at the World Juniors and 10 points in 15 total games as a uh, U18 player. Uh, Pasternak did. Well, Sale had nine points in six games at the U18 World Junior Championships and 30 points in 28 games overall U18 with this team. He is showing to be a elite winger, and I'm so excited to watch another young superstar Czech goal scorer. What was the one stat you were telling me about it, like his points in... Like, there was a stat that you were telling me about how he's, like, two points per game or something in one of the leagues that he was playing in. Yeah, it was the playoffs for that year. In five games, he had five goals and five assists. (laughs) Jesus. And what league was that in? That's the U20 check. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Holy. Yeah, so absolute domination. I mean, obviously, 17-year-old playing in the Czech league, he only has three goals and three assists in 26 games this year, but... I mean, that's nothing to, to scoff at. Again, 17 years old. Exciting. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm glued to my phone right now because I'm trying to find the mock draft that I saw the other day because you said that he's currently sitting around 8th on the consolidated rankings, right? Around the 8th spot, sale is. So I was looking at... Um, okay, so here it is. Uh, NHL prospect discussion. It's one of the better... Uh, Instagram accounts that I like to follow that I think relies a bit uh, more heavily on the advanced analytics compared to some other mock drafts out there. It's a good one. They have them at number eight as well right now. So definitely a player to watch at this tournament. And, you know, anytime there's a young guy on one of these lesser teams, you would expect that he's going to be relied on to, you know, carry the offense more so than he would on a team like Canada, say. Yeah. So you're looking at this young player to really make a difference. And, you know, put in that situation, sometimes guys get creative. And I would love to see what kind of offense a player like Sale has up his sleeve after, you know, you telling me his incredible stats. So definitely a good pick. 
looking forward to watching this player for sure. Yeah, me as well. It, you know, uh, always a great pick when you're doing a draft in, in NHL and um, love the love the Pasternak uh, note there as well. And, and uh, we saw this with Uri Slavkovsky that, and we've seen it with other players in the past that a really good tournament just raises their stock come draft time. And uh, Case, I just saw you looking at a mock draft there that had him as high as fourth. Mm-hmm. Man, like if this guy blows up like he's been doing at, at this uh, at this tournament, um, you know, do well, we see him knock out a couple of guys and maybe get into the top three? That's, I mean, that's exactly what happened with Nico Heischer and uh, Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick was slotted at number one for the longest time, and then Nico carried Switzerland in a, a tournament. I think he had five goals and three assists in seven games or something like that, and. Uh, no help at all, <laughs> and that that bumped them up to number one. And Sale and Dvorsky are candidates for that for sure. They're they're guys that maybe maybe some GMs don't have a ton of chance to watch them play, and you know scouts and everything. It, it's a deep cut player. It's not an NCAA player or OHL CHL player. U twenties and Czech league, like yeah, yeah. So this is a big opportunity for them, and, and they've got to step up. For sure. Okay, for Team Chechia, I'm going to take some low-hanging fruit here. Uh, a player that we talked about last year during this episode, and I thought Casey would bring up, uh, but he didn't, and that's Stanislav Svozil. I feel like this is a player we've talked about at length uh, in recent years on the podcast. 37 points in 28 games played with Regina in the WHL this season. Uh, just five goals. But he should be, you know, expected to lead this team in points. You would at least hope so um, because he's been that good in the WHL this year. Drafted by Columbus in 2021, 69th overall. Nice. Um, One of the players in that draft where Columbus, you know, it seems like they were the winners of the draft. They, They had a really good 2021 draft, and he was a big part of that. So looking to see... You're looking forward to seeing how he produces at this tournament, but uh, will definitely be relied on to produce the offense for this team. Yeah, there's the two top defensemen for this team are going to be from Columbus. Um, I think no doubt David Juracek, who's yeah. playing for Columbus at the moment, yeah. <laughs> is uh, is going to be the other guy. But Stanislav Fossil, like I didn't talk about him this year because I've talked about him the last two years. This is yeah. his third time playing on this team. Yeah. So, yeah, I expect him to be playing a lot of minutes on the back end for them. And a lot of the offense will be generated through him and, like you mentioned, Juracek as well on the back end. Juracek, I think, has played a bulk of games in the American League, too. Yeah. So this will be yes. nice. You know, he'll be able to play against some competition that aren't necessarily pros yet. So it'll be nice for him to, you know, be back at this tournament and kind of show what he can do because I think we were all kind of shocked that he's been this good so far this year, like being able to be with Columbus and then being able to put up some good numbers in the American League. So it'll be nice to see what he can do at this level again. Um, You know, I I think it was last year where he got that knee injury. So it'll be nice to see him coming back. And like we mentioned, I think a lot of the offense on this team is going to go through the 
defense and start with Juracek and Sposio? That's that's a pretty stacked looking back end for Chechia Thomas Hamera, Ottawa Senators prospect. He'll be good on the back end, but yeah, you've got the two headed monster there. Both Columbus guys, as as you both mentioned, uh, Svazil and and uh, and Juracek. They're going to be a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know I think Svazil is kind of in Juracek's shadow a little bit because Juracek was the high pick. There will be a lot of focus on him. He's the he's the big D man with the big shot from the blue line. But um, man, Svazil is a solid defenseman as well. Columbus has got them both, which is great. They're another franchise that's had a tough season. So yeah, really looking forward to watching both of these guys, but Svazil in particular, that's a good pick. Yeah. Anyway, for Chechia, I'm taking a guy that uh, has had some American Hockey League experience this year as well and uh, and has looked pretty good. And I think could very well be a steal for my Buffalo Sabres, and that is Yuri Kulik. Um, I, I think that he'll be... He'll be one of the uh, the offensive guys that that this team will will really count on, and his American League production so far is pretty good. Sixteen points in twenty four games as an eighteen year old. That's pretty darn good, honestly. So um, both him and Isaac Rosen heading uh, heading out from Rochester and, and going to the World Juniors. But the thing with Kulik, we've mentioned this before, but a guy like Fabian Lizell as an example, being able to score goals off the rush. He's got a ton of speed. He attacks the net, uh, can come down the wing and just fire the puck. And uh, just the, the way he looks, his body and, and, uh, and the way he plays, he looks a heck of a lot older than 18 years old. Uh, he was the final pick for us, that 28th pick. Um, that, of course, was from the uh, the Sam Reinhardt deal with Florida in this past draft, and uh, that could be a steal. Buffalo wanted this kid bad, and, man, I think he's going to be a, a big part of uh, this Czech offense. I remember talking about Coolidge last tournament, about how good he looked, because, you know, coming into the tournament as a younger player, you never know what to really expect from these guys. Like, a, a player who was just drafted... Um, and his shot, his release really stunned me, honestly. Like, I didn't know that the kid was that good and not being, you know, one of the bigger players, like, you know, he still needs to fill out into his frame, but yeah, exactly. it, it, it kind of blew me away last tournament. So I am excited to see what he can do at this year's last year well. because of the August tournament, he got to play in the U twenties and the U 18s. He was the captain of the U 18 team and he had, um, nine goals in six games for them. Yeah. Yeah, the goal scoring threat is there, guys. This is a dark horse team. Like, yes, they're going to play spoiler. Do not be spoiler. Don't be surprised if they get a medal. Well, uh, yes, they could play spoiler in the you know in the semis. (laughs) I would not. I would not be. I would not bat an eye if this team won a bronze medal. Honestly, could see that. Yeah, I mean, you expect the powerhouses like Canada and USA to be. I I would expect one and two. You never know. Like Sweden is always good. Yeah, they're they're looking like a powerhouse. Yeah, too, Finland so. is always good as well. I think Sweden is a bit better than Finland. But yeah, yeah. for sure, Czechia could be right there in the medal conversation this year. Absolutely. All right, let's get to Germany. Definitely a country on the rise when it comes to hockey. Look at uh, some of the stars in the league now. The likes of uh, Moritz Sider. 
Tim Stutzla, Leon Dreisaitl, of course. So uh, let's get into players uh, to watch on uh, Team Germany, Case. Yeah, I'm going to go with a, another player that, you know, maybe he's not going to be an NHL prospect per, per se, or we're going to see him in a couple of years, but a guy that I think is going to be big for them in this tournament. So kind of the opposite of what Chad was saying at the beginning. This is a guy that I expect to produce in the World Juniors and then maybe drift off. Um, never know. But that's Adrian Klein. Like, again, I don't know a ton about any of the players on the German team this year. It's a little lacking compared to the last two years. But this guy's a returning player. He's played parts of three years in the DEL uh, as a young, young defenseman. And he's played 62 games already. That's a lot of experience. And there's no experience on this back end. There's no one that's played at the top level of pro anywhere. There's no one that's really played in North America um, or in this tournament. There's a handful of games between him and, and one other guy. I'm, I'm forgetting his name, but... Uh, that being said, I'm expecting him to kind of get the bulk of the ice time and, and look to be the the workhorse on the back end. So that's my player to watch because I think he's going to be a prominent name amongst this German German team. Yeah, for sure. And that's, again, like that's why we don't title these episodes best players at the tournament or something because there's a bunch of different storylines that you can pick up on, a, different, a bunch of different angles that you can attack this from. And, you know, Watching a player who could very well be the team's best defenseman or best forward um, is something interesting, especially if he's on a team where the majority of people out there don't really know a lot of the players. So that's definitely a good pick. I went kind of in the same direction uh, with, with Team Germany here. They only have three players who are currently playing in North America. So I figured those three players could be names who you might have heard once or twice or in passing or you might be at least a little bit familiar with. Um, so that's Luca Hoff, Ryan Del Monte, and Haken Honlet. Those are the three players on this German team who are currently playing in North America. Uh, I went with a different player, though, who does have some North American experience. Um, I believe so, unless I'm, I'm getting things mixed up here as I went through the German team uh, quickly a couple hours ago. But I want to talk about Julian Lutz. Julian Lutz, uh, he's, he was drafted in the second round, last draft, by, by Arizona in yep. the second round. Um, 43rd overall. So he has six points in 13 games this year in the DEL, and he's an 18-year-old. Something I wanted to point out, too, about this player is that he absolutely tore up the Alps HL as a 16-year-old. So you might hear the Alps HL and you might kind of scoff at it because it's known as, you know, one of the lesser pro leagues over in Europe. But, you know, as a 16 year old to be able to play pro and absolutely tear it up um, is pretty incredible in its own right. So that's the player I think I'm going to be watching the most is Julian Lutz to see if Arizona can hit on one of these, you know, 100 picks that they've made over the last few years and will continue to make in the coming years as they've been so bad. So Julian Lutz, that's a player I'm looking at. So for the first time, you picked a guy that I had for, for Germany. And uh, you guys know how much I, I thought that, you know, 
Um, I thought highly of the draft that Arizona just had, yeah. despite what you guys I did may, not. what you guys <laughs> may think. But um, look, I, I you know they're they're a team that uh, has has uh, acquired a lot of picks and they got a hit on some. Bill Armstrong certainly likes wingers with size, and this is a guy that that fits that and. Um, he, he's, he's a good-looking player, and I think, uh, you know, by his numbers so far, a very unselfish player that uh, more of a, of a playmaker, wants to set up other guys, and uh, he, he could be a stud for, for this German team, that's for sure. All right, I don't know a ton about him, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll just continue on. Yeah, there's another player on Germany who I did mention, um, Hacken Honlet, who was drafted in the fifth round last year by Washington. He plays for Gatineau right now in the QMJHL. 17 points in 28 games this season. Um, so, yeah, the, another player who is playing in North America. He's been drafted, so that could be another player that Germany relies on to carry the offense because, like we've already mentioned, they don't have their, their big guys. They don't have their horses up front or on the back end, like the case of Moritz Seider a couple years ago. So, it seems like, you know, we know German hockey is growing slowly but surely, and it will get better as time goes on. But just for whatever reason this year, they don't have any bona fide superstars. Um, and that's not to say that there won't be a couple next year or the year after. Just this year, it seems like they're going to have to score by committee if they want to do any damage. Man, I got to tell you, like... That was so much fun watching that German team that had Florian Eliash, Tim Stutzla, and J.J. Paterka. Like, yes. Just the, the, the three-headed monster. That was a lot of fun. And I feel like this team will be fun to watch as well. And and uh, like I said, Lutz was, was the guy that I wanted to talk about, but I, I feel like he'll be a good player for them. Um, so just quickly, I'll talk about uh, Thomas uh, Hagel, 19-year-old. He'll be a veteran for this German team, over a point per game uh, in, in the Alps HL so far, uh, a smaller, skilled forward, and um, and again, you know, you think of these, these hockey countries that are trying to develop and get better, a lot of young players, but uh, this is a guy who will be a, a veteran for them and, uh, and is putting up good numbers so far, a um, little bit smaller, but he's got a lot of skill and I feel like will will be a big part of uh, their, uh, their success if they have any at this tournament. So, For sure. All right, our last team to touch on in Group A, and that is Team Austria. So players to watch uh, for the Austrians case. Yeah, I'm going to go back to another returning player, and kind of one of the only players I really remember from this team last year was David Reinbach, uh, defenseman for them, decent-sized. He, he ate up a lot of minutes for these guys. He had two apples in the four games they got to play. So, again, I'm expecting to see a defenseman with experience be that horse that they need, and the guy who's going to be maybe a player to watch because you're going to see him get eaten up by a lot of teams' <laughs> top lines because yeah. he's going to be playing against them. And that's, you know, that's a tough draw. But yeah, that's that's my guy. Okay. Uh, I, I won't pretend to know a lot about the Austrian team here. There's, yeah. Well, just you know, let me quickly say yeah. about this guy. He was a ha- he's a half a point per game this year in the top Swiss league, the National League. And... Uh, 
don't know if that's something to say. As a said, as a young defenseman, he's he's got 14 points in 28 games. So expect him to pay, play power play when he's not getting you know worked by Connor Bedard. Yeah, caved in in his own zone <laughs> when they went 12 nothing, uh, like they do. Like I said, I'm not going to claim to know a ton about the players on Team Austria here, but that's kind of why we do this, right? We do a bit of research. We pick players that we think will be fun to watch. Um, and on this team, I did go with the low-hanging fruit. I picked the only player, I believe anyway, the only player that's been drafted on this team, and that's Vincenz Rohrer. Uh, he, he was drafted by Montreal in the, in the previous draft, 2021, 75th overall. And he has 32 points in 26 games in Ottawa this year for the 67s in the OHL. Um, in the last year, he had 48 in 64, again, for Ottawa in the OHL. So this is a player who has uh, at least had a taste of that North American competition, which, as we know, is just slightly different um, from what it is like to play overseas. Not better, not worse, just different. So um, we have a player here with some experience playing against some of the best players who are going to be in this tournament. And that's the player I'm going to pick. Again, I'll repeat his name and correct me if I'm wrong in the comments here. Vincennes Rohrer, drafted by the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, another great pick for the for the Canadians in uh, outside the first round. They got Owen back as well in the second round, and uh, nice nice bit of business there by by Kent Hughes at this last draft for sure. He's been a great player in Ottawa, and maybe we see this guy kind of be uh, another version of Marco Rossi for for the Austrians. Just that one guy, like Nico Heischer was for Switzerland at this tournament, um, just to carry the load. And you know, we don't expect Austria to to you know win a game, maybe one, yeah. but uh, or, or have a lot of success, but. Um, to, to have a stud like this is uh, is pretty nice for sure. Absolutely. And that's 4-1 for the Leafs over Tampa. Gotta love that. Nylander <laughs> just got his, I think, 18th goal, maybe 19th of the year. Gotta love it. <laughs> well, again, like you said, um, you know, just not going to pretend that I know a lot yeah. about Austria, but... Uh, it's it's pretty impressive when you're like when we're doing our prep and you're looking on multiple sites and and you see that uh, 17 year old kid on a on a hockey country trying to build itself up is listed as a player to watch and that's uh, Ian Scherzer. So uh, he'll he'll be a guy to to keep an eye on again a young forward uh, six feet tall 181 pounds and uh, not bad production with uh, with Rogel so far seven points in 18 games so you know not not bad for a bottom six forward in the NHL let's say and um yeah no just uh, just impressive to see a, a 17 year old kid like Scherzer on a on a country that will be lower in the standings in this tournament listed as, uh, as a guy to watch yep and he'll have a good opportunity to show his worth at the tournament for sure yeah exactly all right that does it for players to watch in group a at the world juniors and uh we've got uh, the players to watch in group b coming up this has been another episode of boys in the booth with harper cody chad melbourne and casey abrams new episodes every monday on spotify and apple podcasts
Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 